let's get information. I slay. Okay, ladies, now let's get information. You know you that bitch when you cause all this conversation. Always stay gracious. Best revenge is your paper. <laughs> all right. Hey, hey, welcome to the Vagisine Podcast. It's Vanessa here, and you know we're having courageous conversations about love, sex, and everything in between. Today, our conversation is on breaking up. <laughs> so today, uh, we have on with us Esther, and I can't wait for you all to hear what Esther has in store with us. Hey, Esther. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Awesome. Super excited to be on today. Yay! Um, so, Esther, can you tell us about yourself, who you are, what's going on with you, and how did you get started and interested in your work? Sure. Okay. So, I'm Esther Boykin. I am probably first and foremost a licensed marriage and family therapist. Cool. Mostly I work with couples, but I, do, I still do a lot of work with individuals mm-hmm. and families, too. Um Let's see. I do a million things. I like to joke that, you know, like I'm a really good um, first generation, you know, Jamaican daughter. I have a million jobs. Hey, yes. Um, There you go. (laughs) Haitian in the house. I see you, Caribbean. Oh, yeah. So, so obviously, I work with clients as a therapist. Um, I am the CEO of a private practice. So, I run a practice called Group Therapy Associates. Nice. And we've got a bunch of therapists um, in the D.C. metro area with two offices in Northern Virginia. Um, some of my favorite things, I won't go over everything mm-hmm. I do, but, like, right now, like, my favorite things to do are we've got this event called Therapy is Not a Dirty Word. So mm. I host these happy hours, like, in cities all over the place where we just bring local therapists together and like drinks and food and public. And we just basically talk about a little bit like the show. Like we talk about courageous conversations about everything. Yes. Um, But just kind of getting therapists out of the office and hopefully reducing the stew. It's my favorite and all the other stuff I do online. Nice. Awesome. So I have pretty much always wanted to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. Um, I always thought that this was the work I wanted to do. Uh, my senior year of undergrad, I had a professor who, he was teaching interpersonal psych. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't really figured out a specialty, and he was like, I think that you would really be good at marriage and family therapy, and kind of talked to me about, like, systems theory and all this other stuff. Then I had never heard of it as, like, its own special graduate program, but, um, so he kind of turned me onto my niche, but really, probably since middle school, I just thought, well, I think I have a kind of a natural knack for understanding how relationships work, like being able to watch people in their process together and, and kind of noticing patterns and stuff. So awesome. That's great. Awesome. Awesome. So, <laughs> so I, I know that, you know, what, like we've been, <laughs> we've been like Instagram friends for a little bit. I've been seeing the amazing work you're doing. And when I reached out to you, I was like, Oh my gosh, I know a lot of your work is like keeping people together (laughs) and in love, but I think lately for me, I, I think I've been engaging in a lot of conversations around like just hearing about people's relationships. And I think like any good girlfriend and anyone out there who's listening, who's a good friend, you have friends, you're listening to their stories. And sometimes I know, especially when we're dealing with relationship stories, you hear a story and you're like, girl, what is, why are you with that person? What's going on? Why don't you just break up? Why don't you just let that person go? And I feel, and I, it, lately it's been, it's been happening to me like, like 
endlessly where I'm just like, what is going on? Why are we returning back to toxic relationships? Why are we not letting go? Why are we not opening ourselves up to new experiences? And so that's what really led me here to, you know, having this conversation with you. And I don't know if you watch Insecure. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> but with Insecure. Yeah, I absolutely um, love Insecure. Yes. So, yeah. I think there are a couple of gems there where when I'm talking to coworkers and I'm talking to friends about Insecure, I think the theme of this season has been, uh, why do they keep making terrible decisions? <laughs> And, and, you know, I think it's one of the things like I always say, I always say this whole situation, which, of course, if I made the suggestion, there would be no show. But I'm like, if Issa had just broken up with Lawrence at the beginning, then and just would have been like, look, I'm not into you anymore. This was great while it lasted. We could have just avoided all of this drama and all of these like heartaches. But I digress. This is what TV shows are all about. Um, so what are your, what's your take on breakups? Right. I mean, I think breakups are hard. I have to say, I was so glad that you asked me to do this show because I think <laughs> there is, to some degree, there's a little pressure, you know, but there's always this idea that like, oh, so you're a couple therapist. So in order to be successful at your job, you keep people together. Right. <laughs> and from my perspective, really success is helping people be in healthy relationships. Mm. And sometimes the healthiest choice is to let a relationship go. Wow, yeah. Like, you got to know when um, either you're not on the same page, you don't share the same goals. Like, it's just not the right fit any longer, or maybe it never was. And so, you know, the way I see it, I think it is courageous to try to make a relationship work. But I also think it's really courageous to say to somebody, especially somebody you still love or have feelings for, this isn't working. Right. And we have to move on. We have to do something different. For sure. For sure. That's a hard, it's just such a hard decision to make, but it's so important. Yeah. To your point about like Lawrence and Issa, I mean, I think that that's a perfect example of people not wanting to address Mm. when a relationship is sort of in a rocky place Mm. or, or really when you've reached a point where you recognize like, wow, we are not on the same page. Mm. And instead of talking about it and, and facing the possibility of breakup, a lot of times people just, you know, they cheat or, or they just sort of float in this sort of vague misery of disconnection. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when do you think, when is it actually time to let it go? Are there some signifiers you feel in a relationship where it's like, okay, it's done. Like we tried our best. It's good. So for me, the number one, um, and in fact, I say this to couples when I work with them a lot of times, is the number one indicator is if one or both of you is no longer willing to do the work. Mm. Like, fixing a relationship that is not working is challenging. Like, it's hard. You have to be vulnerable with somebody that you may no longer really trust with all of your feelings. Like, it's really hard work. And so... I think a big part of the process of figuring out when to let go is be honest with yourself about whether or not, number one, do, am, are you willing to keep working at this relationship? Like really keep working, mm. not sort of going through the motions, but like making yourself emotionally available. And is your partner doing the same for you? Mm. Mm. And you know whether or not, like if we, if we take a minute, we can all be really honest with ourselves about whether, what those answers are. You know if the person you're with is actually wanting to do this. And you know if you are too. And if the answer on either side is no, then 
it doesn't matter how hard one person works. Like right. relationships are two people. Everybody's got to want to do all of that work. Absolutely. And so for me, that's the number one indicator. Like ask yourself that question. Wow. That's a really good question. I um, like that. And then of course, I mean, I think I would be doing my job if I didn't also say, you know, clearly things like if the relationship is abusive, mm. if it's toxic. So, and you know, abuse is not just physical. It can be emotional. It can be about control and manipulation. Like those are, you know, a hundred percent red flag, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. We don't need to talk about anything else anymore. Like it's time to end that relationship and, and get help. Definitely. But assuming it's sort of a healthy ish relationship and that's not going on, then yeah, it, it, to me, it's mostly about the work. Definitely. Definitely. And thank you so much for bringing up the point around abuse, because I think oftentimes and I, I think we're still having this conversation and a lot of my work is, is teaching folks about healthy sexuality. And within that it's talking about healthy relationships and what that looks like and all the different forms of abuse. And I think from child to adult, when I say, all right, name, you know, can everyone start naming off the types of abuse that they know? Usually people know physical, verbal, and sexual, but under verbal, they forget about the emotional piece and folks forget about the whole if someone is texting you 24-7, if someone doesn't allow you to see your family or hang out with friends or does not, you know, encourage your interest or encourage you to grow, that, I, I feel, in my opinion, is considered abuse um, and, and can actually be very damaging to someone in the long run. Um, because it forces someone to be depend- depend- dependent on their partner. And I believe that relationships should be balanced. And when we start engaging in those types of activities, it becomes very not balanced. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's a very toxic um, dynamic. And, you know, I think that kind of sort of controlling, manipulative, isolating behavior, mm-hmm. that's oftentimes where the kinds of abuse that we sort of, uh, you know, stereotypically picture, yeah. that's where it starts. You know, I always often will tell people, like, you know, if if a guy, you know, if a man or a woman punched you at the end of your first date, you probably would never have entered a relationship with them. Yes, yes. So abusive don't. relationships don't start at, at this very clear-cut place. They start very insidiously with, you know, emotional kinds of things, verbal things, you know, it's one fight and there's a very clear sort of pattern and cycle that develops that makes it very difficult to leave. And, you know, I've done, it's been a a while, but I mean, my graduate work was, I did a lot of work with domestic violence Mm -hmm. and for a lot of people, it's, it's the emotional scars Mm. that are much more difficult to heal. Yep. And to move on from it really isn't about the things that we think about in terms of physical and sexual violence. Absolutely. Not that those are not, you know, incredibly um, painful experiences, but the emotional stuff tends to linger and permeates into the next relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So speaking of that, what do you think is keeping folks from walking away when, when they need to? So, I mean, taking the perspective of a relationship that's that's relatively healthy, you know, that's not an abusive relationship. A lot of times, it really is just sort of the fear of the unknown. Mm. You know, we don't we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be lonely. Um, that uncertainty of letting go of what's comfortable and familiar, and kind of taking our chances in terms of dating again and meeting somebody new. Mm. Um, it's like it's like a comfortable pair, old pair of sweats. Like, 
uh, do I really want to let that go? They feel good, kind of, when I put them on. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, or do I want to take the make the effort to um, find something new, right. you know, and something that, that fits better with who you are right now? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that that is oftentimes that's the biggest – that and the conversation. Mm. I, you know, I mean, people are really reluctant to just raise the issue in the first place and say – no, like, this goes beyond, like, bickering or, you know, a, the occasional fight. Like, there's something sort of fundamentally flawed in the relationship between us at this point. And, like, can we talk about that? Yeah. Because in that conversation, really, we make explicit whether or not our partner wants to work on what doesn't work for us. Definitely. You have to ask that. You know, that's oftentimes the question we're asking. And so it you know, it opens the door for feeling, you know, rejected or abandoned, um, which is usually sort of just an undercurrent. And so to bring it to the surface and say, I have to address it can be really hard. Absolutely. So speaking of that, I think, I think you bring, you're, you're uh, bringing up something really important because I think, I, I feel like some folks, they're intimidated by the conversation and then they're fearful of how the other person's going to be, if they're going to cry, if they're going to yell. And my advice to friends who wanted to break up with a partner, I always say, like, hey, um, you know, maybe you need to meet in, like, a public place outside of your house with your clothes on and just be have your three talking points together. And just do it because, and I say, and I say all of those stipulations yeah. <laughs> because I've had, I've had friends where they're like, girl, I tried to break up, but then we were in the bedroom and then woo. And you know, it's like, okay, you see, <laughs> come on, you gotta take put your, put some sweatpants on, put something not sexy on, put a hoodie on and get out there, go to Panera and just go have the conversation or go sit in the park and just do it. Because you keep circling back to this thing, but you're acknowledging that you want to let it go, which could also be a thing that could be a message too. like you're not really ready to let it go. So you keep finding ways to keep jumping back into it. But what's your advice on the language that we use? How do we break up with someone? I mean, I always go to, you know, start out by thinking about, like, how do you want to be broken up with, mm. right? Like, nobody wants to, like, spend two hours sort of beating around the bush and hearing all the things that they did wrong or you being wishy-washy. Like, figure out in your head, be clear about it, and then be kind and compassionate, clear, concise. Mm. Like, listen, I, you know, I loved you or I love you or, you know, this has been good here are the things that haven't been working. Here are the ways in which I've tried to communicate that to you or ask you to work on this with me. And I just don't feel like, you know, either you're showing up or the things you've tried to do just still aren't kind of getting it. And so I just think it would be better for, you know, for both of us, or certainly it's better for me if we move on and try something else. And I think, you know, I agree with you. Set the stage, like, you know, laying in bed, half naked, not the time (laughs) for a break. Like that's just sort of, devastating. You're already sort of physically vulnerable and, you know, don't do that. Don't do it if you've been together any length of time. If you've been together long enough to call it a breakup, that person deserves the respect of you seeing them face-to-face and letting them know why this doesn't work for you anymore and that you want to move on. Um, I just think that that 
particularly in this day and age, like that seems to be a real struggle for people. Yes, it is. Um, to be able to sort of, they like to hide behind technology or just sort of disappearing. And, you know, that's, that's not what grown up relationships are about. Like just as much as you enjoy the pleasures of grown up relationships, I do feel like people need to be responsible and respectful of their former partners. Mm. Um, and, and have a conversation. You may be surprised. I, I often tell people, like, if you're so unhappy that you want to end it, there's a good chance that the person you're with is just as unhappy, whether they have their own complaints about the relationship or whether it's simply that you've become so checked out and disconnected that they just want to be sort of set free. Like, yeah. no one wants to feel like they're connected to somebody who is only half in the relationship. Wow. It's it's funny how you talk about the face to face. Yeah, the face to face <laughs> thing I think is is really intimidating because sometimes it's easier to just like send a text <laughs> to just and to just be done with it. But I I, yes. I don't think I ever thought about like these are the reasons why I'm breaking up with you and this is this is how I've communicated uh, it to you that part because whew, that was that was really mature, Esther. I didn't. I don't know if I'm that mature, uh, <laughs> but you're right. It does. You can do it. Yeah, it, it would be. It. I think it would be great because I. I think what you're. I think what's coming to me right now is when you tell the person why and how and all of these things. It's. I feel like you're. I feel like it's closure is is happening right there because I feel like oftentimes folks, you know, they are broken up with. And then they're like, well, what did I do? Or when did it go? When did it turn, turns out? And when, what did I do? And so you have, you have this like lack of closure and you're just wondering. So I, I didn't, I didn't think about the whole telling them why part at all. And I think it's really, I I love that you talked about closure because I think that it's important and it creates closure on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like it's so easier, you know, some days exciting that you were sick of them doing they just did it again it's easy in that moment not easy but easier yeah in that moment to just be like okay i'm done this relationship is over mm. but if you also spend some time thinking about okay well why is this relationship over so whether that person is like no don't leave me or they call you in three weeks and they try you know want to hook up again mm. like if you spelled it out it's not just for their benefit but it's for your benefit too to sort of come back to yourself and go okay so maybe it's me this party and he's looking really good. Um, but, oh, yeah, there were those three things that I said back <laughs> then that haven't changed. Yeah. Like, there's still that person or they're still doing or not doing those things that I said were deal breakers for me in a relationship. And okay. so I think it's, you know, going back to kind of insecure, like, I think that that was the piece. Like, because Issa cheated, that kind of ended the relationship. And so then neither one of them really had trying to think about, like, but what were the other reasons why maybe this wasn't working to begin mm. with? Mm. And if they had that, then it would be easier to sort of stay in the space of, like, you know what, this this should have ended. It would have been better if it had ended in a different way, but it should have ended anyway. Because right. was the lack of support, the, you know, his lack of, we could accept why that should maybe not have been working. Right. Right. Yeah, I think, and you're so right. And I, 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 I'm so unforgiving (laughs) when it comes to my time. (laughs) So when I'm talking to friends and I'm like, girl, you need to go ahead and let that go or whatever. 
it's for me it's about like life is precious time is precious I don't have time to be fooling around with you and I, I'm all about I'm I'm just really unforgiving as far as when I'm just like boom it's time let it go let me give it to you because it's just it's and I and, and I guess I'm I'm very unforgiving when it comes to this whole like I'm still friends with you or we're still talking no I know why I stopped talking to you because you were x y and z like you were doing nothing for me and you weren't bringing anything to the table so I'm I'm done but I know that's not everyone's story and that's not everyone's <laughs> and that's not everyone's no, it's, outlook yeah <laughs> I, so I, I will say, I, you know, I sort of sit in the gray area around the idea of like continuing to be friends. Depends mm-hmm. on depends on if you were a really good if you started as friends and then had a romantic relationship, then maybe you could go back. You know, there's lots of sort of pros and cons to all of it. I do, however, feel very strongly that in the initial post breakup space, you should not be friends mm. because it just blurs the lines as you're trying to sort of untangle yourself from your emotional connection. Absolutely. I mean, friendship is its own kind of emotional connection. And so I think really giving each other the space to mourn the loss of the relationship, to heal whatever went wrong. And then, you know, in six months or a year or three years or, you know, whatever that time frame is for each of you, then it might be that you kind of consider like, I do miss the friendship or you find yourself for whatever circumstances kind of, you know, still being friends. I mean, most often I think about it in terms of like married couples, like mm-hmm. if you have kids, you know, you're still going to see each other. And sure. if you can get to a place where you're friends again, that seems very positive. But even in that scenario, like there has to be a period of time where you allow yourself to really untangle your emotional life from one another. Right. And that's just, I mean, it's just difficult. Absolutely. And see, See all of that. All you're just a very mature person, Esther. I'm I'm very close it. I'm very close it. Shut it. Put it away. Like I know why I broke up with you. I I am personally. I am the person that will delete the phone number, take the pictures out of my album, throw away the love letters because for me, I just want to rid myself and just move forward. And I feel like any type of memorabilia. I mean, if it's, I mean, if it's good memorabilia, keep it. But if it's like, you know, all your cards and everything, like, why am I returning? For me, it's like, why am I returning back to that? Why am I, what am I reveling in this for? Like, it's done. It's over. I know why we broke up. I know these are the reasons why I just need to breathe, let it go and just move forward. And for me, part of my moving forward is to just like, put that stuff in the box and throw it away. (laughs) (laughs) So, and I think it, I think it's actually really important for people to, to to actually ask, to legitimately ask that question. Like, why am I keeping these things or not keeping these things? True. And then make the right decision for you. Like, I think, I think there is value at some point, again, probably (laughs) not in that like immediate post breakup (laughs) space, but at some point it's helpful to look back on relationships that didn't work yeah. to figure out what you learned, not just about what you want in a relationship, but what did you learn about yourself? Like, who were you in that relationship? How did you contribute in any way to like what didn't work or how it fell apart? Um, but you don't necessarily need to keep that person's love letters in order to do that kind of self-reflection. Mm-hmm. So figuring out like, you know, and for some people it is like, 
you're hanging on to this stuff and then, you know, they look at it and, you know, you put her sweatshirt back on, you know, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like you're kind of really sucking yourself back into just feeling stuck in a relationship that you've chosen to end. Definitely. And for some people, it's just kind of like random, you know, nostalgia. It's like in a box somewhere in the back of the closet that, you know, whatever. They have it. And But asking yourself exactly what you said, like, why am I keeping this? Right, right. Serve me onto it. And then giving yourself permission to figure out, like, the answer might be none. Like, there's no good reason for me to keep this. I need to let it go. <laughs> but I'm not ready. True. Like, I'm just, like, I'm not ready to burn all of the cards, and I'm not ready to, you know, delete all of the pictures and that kind of stuff. And giving yourself permission to say, like, it's okay for me to not be ready to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, when I'm ready, I'll get there, and, and, I'll, and I'll do whatever is necessary to take care of myself in the meantime. Ooh, Esther, you see, we need balanced friends like you in our lives because I'm telling you, I'm the girlfriend that's like, burn it, girl. Let's hoe. Let's do this. Let's get out of here. Like, I am. <laughs> get it out your system, girl. Let's go on a vacation. Let's go to Mexico. Show, like, do whatever you need to do. But I hear you. Respecting people's boundaries and knowing where they're at I th- is, is very, very, very important. And I think for me, it's always that I, I think for I think my I think it's the moving forward part. I don't I, I, I usually and I think I'm so very like black and white when it comes to these conversations, because I and I think like all of us, you have friends, you have family, sisters who are just like, yeah, but. I think I'm going to give the person another chance and another chance and another chance. Oh, we just mm-hmm. texted each other. We just texted each other. And it's like, yo, when are you going to cut? If you realize this was not good, cut it out, like cut it off, cut it out and let it go. And so I guess the question for you is how, if, if a person's ready to move forward or they think they might be ready to move forward or ready to rid themselves of this and shed that skin, how do you think folks should go about that? I think, I think at some point you have to just sort of, it needs to be a relatively clean break as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, there's sometimes it's circumstances like it's, it's not quite as clean as you'd like it to be, but <laughs> there does have to at some point be a little bit of what you're talking about is like, even if you're not ready to move forward, that you've let it go. Mm-hmm. And I think part of what we don't like to do and don't sort of acknowledge it for what it is, is you have to grieve a relationship. Like, if you cared about this person Mm. and you're letting it go, there's there's grief. Like, it is a loss, and you need to acknowledge that it's a loss. And I think a lot of times what happens is, you know, those little texts and those little, you know, it's few and far between that somebody's breaking up with somebody who is just completely a terrible person. Like, they're just an awful human being, and therefore there's nothing. Like, no, you were with them because there are good qualities. There are right. things that you like. They were funny. They were sexy. They, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And those things feel good at a time when you feel bad. I mean, part of mourning and grief is we're constantly looking for comfort. Yes. And so it really is about saying, like, I can't find my comfort in the person that I'm leaving. Mm. So where am I going to get my comfort from? Mm. And, you know, and really being intentional about saying, like, okay, so then that means I need to I need to call Vanessa who's going to be like, burn it. Let's go. We're <laughs> going to Aruba, like, let's, like, this is it. It's done. Let it go. Or, you know, 
you need to call the other friend who's going to, like, come over and, like, rub your back while you cry for six hours and, like, that's going to be okay with them. You know, but really paying attention to, like, what do I need in the moment? And then where else can I get that? How do I take care of myself? How do I call in, like, other support to help me so that I'm not going back to this thing that I said that I want to let go of? Absolutely. What yeah. is To me, it's, it's like being at a funeral and, like, crawling into the coffin. Like, <laughs> I, I get the initial, like primal emotional yes, thing yes. That, that makes you want to do that but that's not actually comfort like that's not going to help you yeah. that's only going to make this more painful Definitely. and so like let's let's pull back from that and like let's lean on the person who's maybe next to us or our friends our family whoever else that's going to be absolutely and I know this is a very arbitrary question but when do you think when do you think um between like breakups and moving going moving forward to a new relationship how how long do you think people should give themselves or rather what do you think people should have in place first before they're ready to jump into a new relationship um so i think i'm gonna i'm gonna give you another super mature answer yes please do (laughs) Please, you're the mature friend today. I'm, no. the, I'm the petty friend. I will, I will cut up. I will cut up the stuff with you. I, <laughs> which, is, which I will. So I will also confess. Like I will tell you all of the very responsible things. But if you're like, no, I just want to burn everything I have. I will. I'll come over. I'll, I'll light the match. It's You'll fine. be there. You'll be, be there. Yeah, I'll be there. We can do that too. And when then you're ready, we'll, we'll move on to the next. Then thing. we'll have a very mature discussion about well, how do we move on for this, from this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, in terms of moving on, you know, for me, I think a lot of it is how self aware are you? Mm. Right. Like, I don't. It's not the worst thing in the world if you are really clear. Like, I just want to go out and like have fun. And, like, I want to spend time with other people because that's going to help me start to sort of move on. Like, none of this is actually about finding a real relationship. And you communicate when you're out there. Like, you're saying, like, hey, I ain't for anything, but, like, a good time, um, you know, and, like, chat occasionally or whatever. Like, yeah. I'm all for that as sort of part of your process. But you need to know that that's what you're doing. Yeah. And not just sort of be out there meeting people who think that it's one thing. Um, or that you think that you're doing one thing, you're like you're finding love again when you're really not. Right. Um, in terms of moving to like a serious, you know, being ready for another serious relationship, I think a lot of it is just sort of saying like, do I feel like I've mourned this relationship? Um, do I have some sense of what did I learn there? Because typically we're not super clear about what we've learned from a past relationship until we've emotionally moved on from it. Definitely. As long as we still feel emotionally stuck, it's really hard to get that kind of clarity. So when you're at a place where you can be like, you know what, they were whatever they were and they did their things wrong, but I don't know, I, I sort of lost myself when I was in that relationship mm. and didn't really voice my, you know, whatever whatever the lessons are. Like, if you can get clear about that, then you're probably ready for something new. Definitely. That would be more serious. And then, yeah, like, go for it. Definitely. I, yeah, I, I, of course the insecure reference is going to, to come up soon. I think for me personally, I think in thinking through how I've gotten over breakups or have been able to know when it was my time, my indicator is, has always been like, if I can, if I can look back at that time and not 
have a strong emotional reaction. So, like, if I could mm-hmm. just be like, oh, you said whose name? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, they're okay. They're fine. Like, whatever. And just not be like, right. yeah, and they did this and that, and girl, he ain't shit, and this and that. I know that's when I fully mm-hmm. moved on. And my other indicator is when someone brings up that person, I'm like, who? Oh, girl, I just moved on. I, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Like... <laughs> Where I'm just so good where I'm at and what I'm doing that even the mention of that person is just, oh, it's it's just, it is what it is. And they, you know, they just don't, don't bring something out of me or make me feel like I have to address or talk about that person. Um, So yeah, that, there goes me. That's, that's, that's my take. Um, And I think about it in regards to insecure, just because that's what's hot right now. And I think that's where a lot of people are feeling like, wow, they're really portraying, you know, real raw emotions in relationships. And they're getting, but they're getting on my nerves because I feel like, (laughs) I feel like from what you said, about that, how self-aware are you? I think everyone is opposite of that on the show. Like, you have Issa, who's not self-aware and knowing that, like, girl, being out here and being a hoe ain't for you. Like, maybe in ideal fantasy world, that's that's where you want to be, but you it feels forced, and <laughs> it feels like you don't know how to control your emotions when you do get rejected or when someone doesn't want to do what you want to do or have sex with you on command. Um, and then you have Molly who's very not Molly's driving me just up the wall because in regards to Molly, Molly, you know, you're out here trying to find love. What are you out here doing with and spoiler alert to anybody who's not caught up, but who's not, who's a married person. And, but you know that you are looking for something very specific. You're looking for a long-term relationship, marriage, children, and you're investing yourself in a situation where you know it is not going anywhere. So I think that emotional awareness, that self-awareness is so key in just being able to recognize where you are, what you want, who you are, and being okay with that and being able to just sit in it and just be like, you know what, this is who I am. I'm personally a person that likes to be in relationships or I'm personally a person that doesn't or I realized through this transition that X, Y, and Z isn't for me. So I think what I think that point is is, is resonating with me so much. I agree with all of that. And, yeah. and I, w- I will take this as also my opportunity to be like, and therapy is so helpful. Yes. Like, it, it just made me yes. I was so frustrated because Molly went to therapy mm-hmm. and really her, I mean, part of, I think what happened is like her therapist pointed out a process for her, like, oh, like you kind of lead with this idea of what it should be, mm-hmm. but then she stopped going. And so she just took that little bit and like, after that, it's a lot of sort of like, okay, well, maybe I could try different things yeah. without really having a place for somebody else to reflect things to her. Because, like, I watched the whole thing with, um, you know, Dro and the, mm-hmm. that whole process, and I'm like, yeah, he's attractive, and this whole situation is attractive right. because he and his wife represent exactly what you're looking for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
course you're attracted. Like, I mean, yes, he's also, like, physically attractive. But, like, right. of course that's what you're drawn to. But then let's talk about, like, what's that going to look like and what's it really going to feel like and all of those things. And, you know, and the same thing with Issa. Like, she actually met somebody who could have been a potential mm-hmm. good relationship for right. her. Right, But because she was essentially using sex to avoid grieving the loss of Lauren. Right. She right. couldn't she couldn't be receptive to that as opposed to if she were really allowing herself to be sad and, and angry and experience some of the guilt that comes with knowing that you betrayed somebody you love, mm. regardless of whether or not that relationship, you know, would have lasted. Yeah. She's not processing any of that. And so, yeah, of course you're like sort of making these bad decisions and not acting. Um, and they're bad decisions because they're not in an, alignment with who she actually is yes like for somebody else that, that's maybe their pro- like that's their process right. and like it works yeah but it's like that's not who you are absolutely and so it just backfires and, and you know I, I do I always get a lot of flack for being like oh there but I do think that it's real and I think in particular it's real and yeah. I think in particular for you know young black professionals you know the kinds of characters that are on insecure there's an opportunity to do a different kind of work where you really do develop the self-awareness. You have somebody who says like, Hey, so I get what you're trying to do, but right. this doesn't feel like this is going to help you. Here's how I see this playing out. And I'm wondering if maybe it would be more helpful to do this other thing, right. even though it probably is going to be painful. Absolutely. And I think the therapy is, I think people underestimate the scars that some relationships can leave. And this yeah. and now now I'm sounding like the mature friends. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> See, I think you've had it in you. <laughs> I think that especially like we were talking about earlier, if we're dealing with a relationship that was potentially long term, a relationship where someone was married, or a relationship where you could have almost been married, whatever it was, and a relationship especially where someone was emotionally abusive to you it I've seen I, I I follow some 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 great bloggers who are talking about their PTSD from relationships and I think that people don't people underestimate that that is a real emotion and things can really really be triggering and traumatizing in relationships and it really does take a level of healing outside of the closing the the books and throwing away the pictures and deleting the phone numbers some some really underlying scars that folks really need to work through and that being okay because I think part of maybe some of the flack with relation with um going to therapy is like girl it ain't that serious you know you ain't got to do all yeah. that just 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 you know get over it and for some people they cannot and for some people there were experiences in that relationship that were so deep whether that's I had a miscarriage with this person, I almost had a baby with this person, or like I really love this person and they cut me really deep and they blindsided me with X, Y, and Z, or they had a side family. Like, I don't know. Like, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, it's so real out there. So, yeah, no, I totally hear therapy is, is, is so important. I'm a huge advocate for. For just going to get your mind right. Just, hey, you ain't got to do it long term. And I think that's the other thing, too. It's that stigma still in going to therapy 
where it's like, I could, I could get through this. But no, if you're still in the funk after a while, let someone, someone's, someone else's ear help you. Yeah, absolutely. And I, so, and I absolutely agree with you. Like, I think we minimize and underestimate the impact. Like the most, we are hardwired to be connected to people. So relationships, that like that is really where we end up with our deepest, most painful scars. Mm. Now that might in whatever those relationships are, family, romantic, however. So I think to not underestimate the impact of those relationships. But I also tell people I'm like I also think that there is something as we sort of grow and evolve and have the the luxury, quite frankly, of right. having access to things like therapy to consider that. Like I always think about I remember going to my dermatologist, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, two years ago, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm breaking out, and I don't, like, something's wrong, and, you know, she just kind of looked at me, and she's like, mm, no, it's age, which is a whole, that's a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but she really had this whole thing where she sort of broke it down, and she was like, it's, she's like, this is essentially the adult version of, like, when you hit puberty and you were breaking out. Right. You know, and I kind of looked at her horrified, and she was like, but here's the thing you're an adult now. Right. So instead of like putting toothpaste on it and like doing something weird that you read in some magazine or that like some other 13 year old told you to do, she's like, you're going to come see me. Right. And then we're going to handle it at a different kind of level. And so your skin's going to be better and it's going to happen faster. And it's going to be, you know, even better than it could be if you just manage this on your own. Right. And sometimes that's what therapy is. Like, it's not always that, but I think also for people to embrace that idea of like, sometimes it's just, yeah, you'll, you might, you'll get over the breakup. Like you're, you're going to be fine. You'll move on. But what if you came to see me and we talked it through and you learned something about yourself that you might not have learned on your own and therefore are prepared for another level of connection when you meet the next person? Like, why would you pass up the opportunity to have better and like deeper love and connection in your Mm. life if you have the means to do that absolutely yes yes awesome yes all of that so we talked about the healing we talked about the moving forward in my in my eyes we talked about ripping up the the pictures uh i guess my my one of my the things that comes up for me as well is the the staying friends with exes and or staying friends with exes families. What is your take on that? I feel that, you know, it's a tricky, it's a tricky line. I mean, I think that there are some extenuating factors that can make that seem okay. Like if you dated for, I don't know, nine months. Yeah. I think you probably need to let go. Yeah. And just, Move on. Um, you know, if you've known each other since you were in elementary school, then you might be really invested in this family. Mm. And you then have to really think about, are these people that I can continue, you know, like, what does this look like if we continue to have a relationship? And then, you know, sort of moves back into that, like, emotional maturity piece of, depending on how the breakup was, can you have a conversation about, like, how are you going to feel if, you know, I still go to brunch with your sister mm. once or twice a month. Like, is that okay? And and also, it, within the context of that relationship, like, when you move on and you're dating somebody else, what's it going to be like for that person's family members? And so I think the question to really ask when it comes to sort of, like, staying friends with the family is, 
do you have a relationship with those people that would allow you to have really honest conversations? Like, mm. are you, you know, a year from now, do you want to sit down and talk to his mom about the fact that you're dating somebody else? Because <laughs> if that's not a conversation you want to have with her, then you're going to need to start renegotiating the boundaries now. Definitely. <laughs> like, you, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> And it's like, are you ready? Are are you prepared to potentially have her still trying to match make you with her with her son or 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 daughter or whoever? Just are you ready yeah, to keep or, stepping into that? Yeah, and and on the flip side, if you stay friends and let's say you're not dating anybody, yeah, but then they are right, and it Ooh. turns out that their mom loves the new person, mm. and so is talking to you about like all of those things and really thinking about essentially weighing all of the potential difficult conversations or difficult or emotionally charged experiences. Are those worth the relationship you have with these people? And sometimes the answer is yes. Definitely. Um, sometimes it's no. And then, you, you know, I think obviously in the case where kids are involved, I do feel pretty strongly that like, however painful it is, you, you have, some responsibility to your children yes. <laughs> to make an effort to maintain a, a level of like friendly stability. Like you, you need to be able to have a conversation Definitely. with, you know, their other set of grandparents and aunts and uncles and whatever else, because that's just in their best interest. Um, but outside of that, I think it really is looking and being really honest with yourself. Like, do I want to hear that, you know, you're dating someone new? And your mom thinks she's fantastic? Probably not. So then maybe I shouldn't be coming over for Thanksgiving dinners Absolutely. anymore. Like, Absolutely. Or maybe you decide you don't care, in which case, you know, have a good time. Yeah. keep it, Go ahead, y'all. Go ahead. Y'all know where I stand. Y'all know where I stand. Uh, done. Done with you. However, yeah. I understand. <laughs> I understand the other points of views out there. So y'all decide if you want to send your your relationship questions to Esther or Vanessa, because that'll <laughs> you'll get very you'll get different responses. <laughs> if you want, if you want the, responses, maybe you need to get both responses. Yes, and you combine them. <laughs> so Esther, I really appreciate yes. you. Right, right. She's like, I'm gonna do this first. Yes. Oh my God, I'm going to do this, the Esther, the mature thing first, then I'm going to do the, the totally unforgiving, unrelenting thing, and then go back to the mature thing. <laughs> Which seems perfectly fine to me, but <laughs> you need to have a balance. So... I we can't be all mature, all oh. grown up all the time. Like that's so unrealistic. You know me. Yeah. Hello. I and it's it's just I, I I'm so excited that we got together and had this conversation. Because like I said, I think there's there's we never we never actually talk about how to break up, how to break up responsibly. We don't even t talk a lot about relationships. As much as they're out there, I think there's so much misinformation and bad advice going out, going on out there as far as terrible information. I'm looking at the Steve Harveys of the world. I'm looking at the, the nobody asked you men advice givers on relationships of the world. 
<laughs> and so I just think this conversation is so important because I feel like the root of a lot of, uh, like I told you, it's for me, it's about, for me, it's equating my happiness to time and to myself and to my life. And I see my happiness as being supreme and my happiness being first with or without a relationship. And I think sometimes we're taught that if you're in a relationship, you do everything that makes the other person happy and you sacrifice and you compromise so hard. And yes, of course, I feel compromise and understanding are key. However, we are never told when to let things go or when is it too much or when is it like, okay, I think you've given enough chances or you forgave enough. Maybe it's time to just let this one go. And so I think that's why I think this conversation is is just so important because I know we are all out here trying to navigate love and relationships because we just don't talk enough about it. We, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think we don't. And yeah, <laughs> you said everything I want to say about, yes, yeah. the, <laughs> the world. And, uh, and, and I will say, I, I think um, there's a lot of people giving a lot of advice. Okay. Getting some point. Dig in, like, we also need to ask, like, and kind of vet, like, well, where am I giving my advice? Yeah. Are you giving me something that's meaningful? But I think, you know, ultimately, the the question to always be asking ourselves in our relationship is, yeah, compromise, yes, work at it, yes, we need to bend and flex. And part of being with another person, quite frankly, is the joy of, you know, kind of expanding yourself, trying new things, learning to see the world in a different way. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really important that you're not losing yourself in the process. Yes. And so if you find yourself not feeling like who you are, that's a really big red flag where you need to start asking, like, okay, well, what's going on in this relationship? What am I doing? What are they doing? Because we came together as two individuals. Mm. And at some point, we have to ensure that we remain together as two individuals. Yes. And not that one person has sort of just given up core pieces of who they are mm-hmm. in order to keep the peace Absolutely. or to make somebody else happy because that's not a good relationship for either partner. Yes. Esther, you have given yeah. us so many gems today. Like you've given me a lot of stuff that I, I haven't thought about. And so I really appreciate you being on with us. I appreciate all your great insights. I even appreciate how we got into insecure a little bit because, you know, me and the, me, me and the girls, we talk about it. But it's good to hear. I, I love hearing it from from a per like this is your this is your life this is your career and hear, hearing that different perspective as well because last night when I watched when I watched this latest episode I was like okay I'm okay y'all d- d- y'all dumb it's dumb stop it's stupid <laughs> <laughs> you put it way more eloquently than I did yes. I appreciate you taking the time chatting with us, letting us maturely handle these breakups. <laughs> and I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate I mean, the feeling is absolutely mutual. I just... So before you leave us, I have one more question for you. Alrighty. Let's it go. <laughs> is, it is about how you build your vagisteme. So vagisteme is a word that I coined. Um, and basically I coined it as a way to explain the concept by which one builds confidence of and in their vulva and vagina. I believe that this confidence leads to healthy, a healthy and satisfying life. 
Um, and so I always ask my guests, how do you build your vagistine? That is a good question. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I knew, think of this. So, <laughs> but I have listened to other <laughs> All right. So I think that, um, because I spend a lot of time in my head because mm. I'm always, you know, sort of thinking and listening and that kind of stuff. And so for me, it's just kind of finding ways to make sure that I'm bridging that connection between like what I think about like emotionally, but also like then what I feel physically. And so like really kind of, I mean, sometimes this will sound maybe cheesy, but like mm. I literally kind of try to visualize like all of those things being connected mm. and seeing that as kind of like running through the center of me. And so for me, it's, it's that it's just kind of always in a routine way, checking in and being like, do I feel really centered and connected that all of those pieces are in alignment with each other. Yes. I love before I let you go, can you tell us where listeners can find you? Are there any upcoming events and how can we support your work? Um, okay. So you, you found me where Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Esther B M S T and Esther's E S T H E R. Um, in terms of, uh, Upcoming Therapy is Not a Dirty Word event. So I'll be in Philly October 19th. Uh, November 3rd, we're here in D.C. Um, the one on November 3rd, I'm not that I'm not excited about all of them, but November 3rd, we're doing a kind of no-shave November. So it's, like, focused on men and their emotional awareness. And mm. so, I mean, everybody's welcome. Yes. I really want a lot of ladies to come out, and, like, we're going to have a conversation about you know, how do men express their emotional experiences and, um, you know, and, and the idea of therapy and all of those kinds of things. We'll have, uh, actually, Thomas Knox from Date While You Wait coming down, so that'll be fun. Okay. December 6th in New York, and then there's lots of other dates as we head into 2018. So, to find more information on that, you can go to therapyisnotadirtyword.com, and, um, yeah, I mean, really, everything that I'm doing is always kind of, like, on my social media Got going on and Instagram, so probably follow me there first. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yes, and I follow I follow Esther on Instagram, and she posts a lot of great tips and lots of great events. So definitely follow her on there, and I will put all of that in the show notes. Yay! Awesome, Esther. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for sharing your insights. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. Hey everyone, hope you enjoyed the show with Esther. I love talking about relationships, so I hope you learned some things. I learned some things. Um, And if you learned something and you love it, make sure you leave a donation on my website at vagisteam.com. Leave us a comment and your review on iTunes and SoundCloud. The more you rate, the more people find out about the show. And now we have a new voicemail and text message um, system. So you can anonymously text me or leave me a voicemail at 443-692-7802. And you could always DM me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. And you can send your emails to vagisteam at gmail.com. Also, if you're in Baltimore, if you're in the Maryland area, we're having an insecure clothing swap. So as you can hear, we've been talking about insecure uh, for quite a while now. And 
we all have different viewpoints. And so we're having a clothing swap because, duh, who doesn't love great secondhand finds? And two, we're getting together to talk about Insecure. So if you're either Team Lawrence or Team Issa, if you want to talk about open marriage, if you want to hear all different types of perspectives, if you want to debate about if Molly is losing her mind, if you want to have a debate about if Joe is even really in the open marriage, boop, see controversy, see conversation. Come and join us. Um, bring your great secondhand finds, the ones that you're able to bring um, in your car. Um, and I can't wait to see you and chat with you. Um, to RSVP, you can RSVP on Facebook. On our Vagistine page, the event link is there. Um, the event link will also be on my Instagram at Vagistine. So get in touch. Let me know if you're coming. And I look forward to talking to you soon. Bye. So possessive, so I, 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 I.